A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hello there and welcome again to the Adoption Chronicles. I'm Mick Shepherd, and today we've got a very special episode and like all stories on the Adoption Chronicles, uh, our stories are all extremely unique. They're unique to us, they're unique to you and sometimes they're really positive stories, sometimes they're not so positive, sometimes I'm talking to an adopted person, sometimes I'm talking to parents uh, who have adopted their children out and um, I guess the best way to introduce my guest is to uh, almost provide a little bit of a, not so much a warning but buckle up because today's story uh, is going to take you on an adventure, Um, so much so that our guest uh, I'm not going to use his real name, um, but we're going to welcome Greg, not his real name, to the Adoption Chronicles. Welcome to the show, Greg. Thank you very much, Mick. How are you? Very good. Um, right. We've recently um, caught up and you gave me a bit of a heads up on your story uh, before you came on, which... Um, it happens sometimes. Sometimes I hear it for the first time. Um, and you've got quite a tale to tell. It's not a tale, but it's your your story. Yeah, I mean, mate, you couldn't write. You'd probably make a movie, I guess. I don't yeah. know. But, um, yeah, look, I, I the best way to start, I suppose, I, I was adopted in, um, I was born in 1963. Yep. So I'm an old boy, you know, I'm getting up there a bit now. I'm 59. Yep. Um. And it's really probably the first thing I'd like to say is I guess it's different for a lot of people and some people, I don't know, they can accept things better than others and stuff. But for me, 
it's been now seems to be the time where I feel comfortable that um, I guess comfortable enough in my own skin, yeah. Um, you know, to come out and and sort of say you know what I'd like to say, and and I've listened to a lot of your um, you know, a lot of people that have been on your show, Thank and you. um, and totally amazing, and you know we're all different, but we all have such similar things that come out as well, which is. Yeah, you know, pretty amazing to me. Absolutely, I guess um, it's a little bit like we're all part of a team, or we're all on the same team, but we're all wearing different colours. We've all come to the team from different angles, different backgrounds, but absolutely, we're all absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm here, and I agree with that. So, back in 1963, yeah. Um, my mum, I'll probably best. I'll start off with my adopted mum's probably the best way to start it. Okay. Um, she, um, mum and dad were um, they were farmers, uh, dairy farmers, and they were doing quite well. And they they had a boy um, already who was about two and a half. Mm-hmm. And my mum had had um, two or three miscarriages, I think. And she's she actually told me, you know, she back at that time, you know, she was so desperate to have babies. She was just, you know baby, 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 mad and having miscarriages and stuff. And so they went and applied in Melbourne to the um, the Catholic orphanage it was. Mm-hmm. And they went and had their meeting and stuff. And um, and it didn't go well because back in 63 at the time, uh, their policy was if you already had children, um, you weren't a candidate to adopt one. They right. were sort okay. of, you know, and, and I guess that changed over the years and yep. stuff. But, um. So they left, and um, and mum was pretty distraught. She said she was pretty, pretty unhappy with that, and mm. sort of thought, "Wow." So I think it was the next week they went and saw their own uh, minister in the church that they were they were in the congregation, and they went and saw the um, the minister there, and he actually said to uh, mum, "Look, we do have an adoption ourselves and an agency. We do have children, and at this stage, we don't have any." Mm-hmm. But but leave it with me. And Mum said probably about six weeks or maybe a couple of months went past, and she got a phone call, um, and it was Mister the, the Minister again, and he said, "Oh look, I've got some news for you. We've got a little boy that's um, become um, available for adoption." Oh, you know, jumping up and down, and you know, she said she was over the moon, and uh, and they did pre warn her and said, you know. You, Come and have a look and come and see him and everything. But um, we will tell you, he was already, he has been adopted. Um, it went about eight or ten weeks, I think they had me, maybe yep. 12 weeks, and they brought me back. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, and that had never happened before, I don't think. I, right. I, I really don't think the, um, they didn't know what to do, mate. Yeah. You know, like, yep. Geez, they've brought this baby back. Um, and I think the procedure back then too was was pretty much determined that I would become uh, a ward of the state and probably end up in a... But anyway, in the meantime, uh, Mum's minister had intervened and contacted the Catholic orphanage yep. and they did a deal and they took me home. Right. Which is pretty amazing. And you know yeah. what? Lucked out big time. You know, they, I was on... I had a great life. You know, it was a great... Place to go. It was three and a half thousand acre dairy farm. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, horses, tractors, shotguns, cars, motorbikes. It, it was a great. It was really, really good. But 
Uh, and then, then two years later, they adopted my sister. Yep. And then two years after that, they adopted another sister. And a bit of a miracle happened a couple of years after that. Mum fell pregnant and had a natural child. Right. At the end. So the natural one, the oldest one. Yep. Me, two adopted sisters, and the younger boy, natural boy. My my problem was my older brother did not like me at all. Not not from day one. Not from. So I had a pretty crap time um, with that. Yeah. But mixed up with a lot of good times too. If you know what I mean, it was it was pretty good. It was it was okay. I I dealt with it, and I, and I guess most kids did. But there was always that. Um, you know, I couldn't help wait to get me into trouble with mum and, you know, and I was always getting in trouble. As I got older yep. to a teen, about teenager, I think I was in, uh, what year are you in? I was like form one at school, I used to call it high school. I think it must have been about 11. Okay. Something like that, maybe 12. Maybe a bit older, yep. Maybe a bit older and um, we packed up and moved uh, to Gippsland uh, to another farm and um, and it was great and we moved in there and, you know, same deal. Um, dairy farm again. Yep. On we go, doing doing what we usually did. And I had to attend a new high school, and I wasn't looking forward to that because uh, one of the things I must say, one of the things my brother used to do to me is, um, didn't matter where we went, uh, we used to um, go to a lot of things. My father was a champion um, skeet and clay target shooter. Yep. Shot me one. He was a state champion, and he was actually really good. So we spent nice. a lot of Saturdays and Sundays at a gun club somewhere right. all over the place. Yep. We'd only be there. We'd only be there ten minutes, and every kid knew that I was adopted. And I'd spend the six hours of the day down the corner in the bush somewhere getting rocks thrown at me. It was pretty bad. That's pretty and brutal. People sort of don't understand that, but back in my time, uh, an orphan was almost below a pedophile, if you know what I mean. It was Yeah, right. It, it was really bad. I like I I can't tell you the things that I used to do to try and prevent people, you know, yeah. even knowing that you were an orphan. It mightn't have been like that everywhere, I don't know. But where I grew up with, it wasn't a good thing, you know, it was uh it was a branded um pretty crappy thing to yeah, um, right. have done to you actually. So you grew up with um, that stigma attached to you? Oh, yeah, yeah, probably it started four or five, you know. Um, he had me bluffed, you know, if I'd ever told on him or, a, you know, the classic mum and dad are out, the kids that were outside playing football or cricket and, you know, somebody hits a cricket through the lounge room window or something, which happens. Yeah. Whether I did it or not, it was my fault and I had to put my hand up and take the blame. So I, I got into a lot of trouble for a lot of things I didn't do. So yeah, right. I was pretty... Pretty resentful, you know, by the time I was a, um, mm-hmm. a teenager. Um, and we moved. We'd moved to um, up into the Gippsland, a new school. God, well, here we go again. So I go to school and um, that was where I met my um, best friend, Steve. Right. Actually, we were born in the same year. Well, I was born on the 1st of June. He was born on the 12th. And it was the first time that I actually ever met anybody that pulled me aside and said, listen, mate, you shouldn't put up with that, man. You shouldn't do that. You know, it's not, that's not right. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I think eventually 
after six months of becoming pretty close friends, I actually said to him, I know if I did that, you know, I'll end up back in the orphanage. Yeah. He just just looked at me like, you know, like I was a Martian or something, like yep. I was an A, and that's like, <clears throat> but, and, he, and he looked at me and said, tell me that again. And I told him, and he goes, nah, no, no, no. And um, his father, actually, um, became like my second father um, over the years. I had a lot to do with his dad. He was pretty awesome to me. Yep. He was he was German, and uh, he was a baker. Okay. And they had their own bakery and stuff. So I spent a lot of time there as a kid. And um, I actually spent a lot of time with them. I think it was a lot to, to get away from the older brother, I think. Yep. But it made me, made me realize that, you know what, you, you don't have to put up with that. So it was the first part of me, I think, um, gaining a bit of confidence that, you know, I'm not going to put up with this. So we had a couple more years. Um, I think, well, I know um, I was 14, probably 14 and a half. Um, I was going to the local tech school and my brother, had um, he'd actually finished school and he'd started an apprenticeship on the farm. Yep. And... Oh, jeez, I think, I think from memory it must have been Easter or a wedding or something, but it, it, mum and dad went away for the day or right. maybe maybe for a couple of days. Um, but we were definitely old enough by then to milk the cows and, you know, sort stuff out and get it done. Yep. And, you know, I guess everybody has it. You, you can have that, um, the camel, you know, the straw that breaks the camel's back. We had a big argument. Yep. And, um, and a lot of stuff come out and I guess I'd grown a bit of confidence and I wasn't, um, I wasn't worried about going back to it, you know, being sent back to an orphanage for Dobbany men or anything yeah, yeah. like that. I, I mean, all that was gone. That, that was dissolved and destroyed. And I was probably pretty angry that, um, I'd let him do that to me. I think I was angry with myself more than mm. with him even. Mm-hmm. And how stupid are you, you know, but. Geez, you don't know. You know, I didn't know. You're only a kid, uh, so mate. I yeah, I was only a kid. I was only a kid. Yeah. Um, so we ended up having this huge punch-up. And um, and it was pretty violent. I'm not I'm not going to lie. And I, 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 had a, I had a really extremely volatile temper. And my biggest problem was once I did lose it, uh, a bit like the Bull Terrier, you know, you just, I couldn't stop. Yeah. And luckily for him back in the day, there was a, a water bailiff that um, we had irrigation on the farm and the government used to have a water bailiff that used to come around and check the water wheels and yep. all that sort of stuff. And, and I guess he drove down the driveway and saw it um, and he split us up and he actually ended up putting me in, in his ute and drove me to the town 20 miles away. Yeah, you know? right. To, to get us away and and I realised then from talking to him and all the rest of it I I had to do I've got to do something about this because I, I, I honestly think I'm not being a hero or anything I think I would have killed him because I um I've not ever been that violent again before with anybody and I I, I hope I never do I'm, I'm sure I never would yeah uh, um but I can't explain that. I, 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 I wanted to really, really hurt him, and, and I did. Yep. So 
mum and dad come home and they saw the result of that. And that was pretty much the end. I, I actually packed my gear and I just thought, stuff this, you know, it couldn't get anywhere. So I left. I right. just bolted. And I actually wasn't even um, the legal age to leave school yet. I think you had to be 15. So I was did, only 14 and a half. Did you keep going to school or did you leave school nah. as well? Yeah, no, I, I left school. I actually, if you want to, actually, I forgot that. I actually was expelled from school because I broke my wood teacher's um, nose. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, another, another, yeah. <laughs> Not proud of that one either, yeah. but, you know, like, he, he caused that one too, but right. didn't like the result. Yep. Um, so I was, I was, I was in trouble a little bit, you know. Yeah. The, the cops knew who I were because they'd been called to the school and stuff like that. And then, I don't know, I I guess I just really, really, really disappointed mum and dad big time. Um, and they weren't violent people or, you know, didn't stand for any of that stuff. Um, and I didn't know what to do. So the only thing I could do was I just left. Right. So... Quite a few years went past and, um, you know, it was pretty rough at the start on sleeping in a few haystacks and under a few bridges and all that sort of stuff. And I ended up um, in another little country town and I thought, geez, you know, I'm, I'm getting sick of this because I'm, you know, I'm sick of being hungry. I'm being hungry. It's not good. Yeah. So I thought, blugger it. So um, I went into this town and... Um, Believe it or not, ironically, I, the first person I walked into, this horrible brother who I didn't like, he had one of the nicest girls that I'd ever met in my life. Okay. And she was lovely. She, there was his girlfriend for a couple of years, and um, she was absolutely lovely, and I could never work out why she was going out with him. You know, oh. I used to really baffle me, but they'd split up. And okay. um, anyway, she, she goes, oh, what are you doing? What, what's up? Thought, oh well, um, yeah, I'm here. What are you going to do? Well, I don't know, but I'll do something. Yeah. So she took me in. She had a flat and everything, and she was actually back in the day. She's a registered nurse now, but back then, um, she wasn't. I think they were called a mother craft nurse. She used to work with the, you know, the babies. Yep. And I think that was their title. She was a mother craft nurse. I was was and. Later on, she went to uni and become a registered nurse. Right, much but, like a midwife, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I guess like that, or, or yeah, or not quite, or maybe a midwife's assistant, even maybe. Yeah, or, okay. But she was doing that, and she was doing really well. So she yep. took me in for a few days, and eventually, um, Dad found me. It was a you know a few weeks later, and Dad come and saw me and said, "Going on, mate, buddy, you know, blah blah." And he goes, "Look, your uncle Graham, he, he needs a new farmhand." Right, and. Um, <clears throat> My uncle Graham was my mum, my adopted mum's brother, and I loved him. He was cool. He he was really nice to me. He always had been. Um, so I went and worked for him for about twelve months, and life was getting pretty good. It was like you know, I'm making a bit of money here. Of um, saving up, I'm going to buy my first car. Yep. Um, you know, all those sorts of things. And, and and every few months I'd bump into this brother and it'd be horrible and big right. rage and, you know, and walk away from it again. And yeah. it's just bullshit, just absolute crap. Yeah. So, you know, uh, what happened then? Oh, and I had an accident on the farm. I broke my arm. Mm. 
Um, and I did a pretty good job of it. I shattered it. So it wasn't just in the car. You know, I had to have it. It was in a cast. Well, I think it was in a cast for about, geez, 12 weeks or something. It was, wow. it was a long time. So um, I couldn't work. So I ended up going into this town where my brother's ex-girlfriend was. Her name was Louise. Yep. And I'd ring her up and she goes, oh, yeah, don't come and, come and hang out here. Um, so I did. And it was great, you know, hanging out with somebody I really liked. And yep. it was a nice little town and, and it was great. And she was sharing the flat with another nurse Okay. at the time. Um, her name was Iris. She was gorgeous. Yep. Anyway, one night um, Iris comes home and she bought her brother's sister, her, her boyfriend, sorry, not her brother, bought her boyfriend's younger sister home. Right. To um, hang out with her and. As soon as she walked in the door, I looked at her and I thought, oh, my God. I didn't. So anyway, cut a long story short, that's, I'm still with Kim today. That's my wife. So nice. we met really, really, really young. Yeah, I was only 15, 16. Um, and we met and, um, yeah, we're still together today, thank God. I don't know why she stuck with me. I really don't. But she has. She definitely – she was the only one that um, – could level me, you know. She brought me back down to ground, and um, yeah, yeah. I don't, I can't explain it, but she had this um, almost like a bewitching power over me. And the great, the Greg Whisperer. Yes, the Greg Whisperer, the the calming, soothes soothe the beast type deal. Indeed, indeed, yeah. And um, and you know what? Things after that were okay, and. Her father, um, I was Ken's there, my father-in-law, um, he was working in the bush. He was logging. Yep. And I thought, oh, geez, I'll give that a crack. So I did. I, I jumped in and logging in. He's, I was only 18 and I was falling A-class mountain ash, you know, which is, it's the biggest timber we've got in Victoria. Okay. And then I started I started climbing, knocking the tops out and doing some pretty, pretty out there stuff. Yep. Um and it just was one of those things that I took to. Yep. And I really enjoyed it. My mum absolutely hated it because of the danger. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I think back then at the time, you know, there was about six ballers a year getting killed. Wow. And, um, up in the snowfields, you know. And um, and a lot of those guys were a lot older than me. I was pretty young. I was in – she figured I was too young to be doing that. But, you know, what I got – Quite a few years, that fifteen or sixteen years, that it never got hurt. So I, I figured it was time to get out of it. Yeah, but everything was going good. Um, we managed to um, save up, and we bought our first house. Yep, which was really old, and it was a really like it was built in eighteen ninety, and didn't have a, a nail in it. It was all done with mortise joints and wooden wedges and stuff, and nice. the, the floorboards were cut with a broad axe. It was just to me, I love old stuff like that. It was just, it was our dream, you know. Mm. It was a lovely bush setting and everything. So we worked Sounds really perfect. hard. and yep. Yeah, I, I worked hard and Jim worked hard. And at that stage, um, we were actually starting to get ahead. First time in my life, I was about 25, 26 by now. And, and I felt like I was achieving something. And, you know, no one was going to take it off me and, you know, all good. I, I was really happy. And then we had our first daughter. Casey was born. Yep. Um, and I thought, you know what? I'm on top of the world, mate. I, I'm really, really happy with where I am. I, 
a lot of the adoption stuff that really bothered me when I was younger and used to get under my skin didn't anymore. Um, and I pretty much figured, you know what? I start my own family tree, you know. I'll, yeah. I'm sitting here and I've got this baby. It's my own flesh and blood in yep. my arms. And I was just totally in love. And I'm sure you get that, Nick. I'm, yeah. I'm sure you've been there, done that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was great. You know, what else can happen, you know? So I come home a couple of months. We, we were in the house and we were renovating. Um, we, we did a really big, extensive renovation. And Kim was great. You know, she never winced once about, you know, we, we didn't have a bathroom, you know, for a couple of weeks while it was being renovated. She was quite happy to go to our friends. And she was just awesome. Yep. And I get home and I walk in the door. She just gave me a funny look. She goes, oh, lovey, there's a um, letter on the table for you. So I went and sat down and I looked at it and straight away it had the logo, the Jigsaw logo on the envelope. Yep. And I I knew what Jigsaw was. And this is about 1992. And, oh, shit. And I knew I'd been told... Um, I didn't actually see it, but apparently, you know, the apology that Julia uh, Gillard did. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't actually see that, but but somebody told one of my friends, or it could have been an, even one of my aunties, someone had told me about it. So yeah. I was aware of it, but I'd never actually seen the apology, but I was made aware that um, the laws had changed, and yeah. if I wished, if I wished I could... Um, Pursue my mother, my birth mother, and and yeah. and then I and and then I read it, and she had the same right. Yeah, I think Julia Gillard's speech was made when she was prime minister a few years later. Oh, I later, tell you, it? it's yeah. really powerful and um, worth a watch. That's for sure. It's on YouTube. Oh, I've not watched it, Nick. I've never seen it. Yeah, no, oh, I'll do that. It's on YouTube. Is yeah, it? yeah. I think I might have even shared the link to it in one of my older posts. Right, so you, so you didn't just look at it and go, "Oh, what a load of shit!" Nah, no. Nah. Like okay, oh, cool. I'll, I'll have a look at that for sure. Yeah, but yeah, the laws changed, and it changed the lives of so many people, didn't it? Ah, oh, mate. So look, I didn't do anything. I, I, I froze. Yep. And a good seven days went past, and I come home and my wife sat down next to me, and she just. She goes, Lovey, what, what are you going to do? And I looked down and I said, you know what? I've got a mum and I've got a dad. Yeah. And I felt like it was a total disrespect um, to them. So I let it go another week. And I guess probably by getting into the third week. And, and, and that stage too, mate, I, I work on my own. I um, You rock uh, up in the bush. Yeah. Um, there's no one within 10 kilometres of it. You start your chainsaw and you start falling trees. You know, there's yeah. no... So you're in your head space, if you know what I mean. Oh, people, yeah. Yeah, if you, if you... I don't know, different jobs make you do that. You, you can't escape your own thoughts sometimes. Yeah. And it did. It drove me mad. Shit. So I, I packed up my gear and when I was driving to go home, I, I actually called in to mum and dad and went in and, um, you know, the usual, hi mum, g'day, how are you, good, love a cup of tea, love you, yeah, good, get down the table, having a piece of cake and all that sort of stuff and yep. 
You know, Mum, I've got this letter. She goes, what letter's that, though? And I pulled it out of my pocket and I chucked it on the table. Had you opened it by this stage? Yeah, yeah, I'd opened it the night before. Right. Um, and, you know, geez, that's, I was 27. I could actually read it to you word for word if you wanted me to. I've only ever read it twice, but I've, it's photo-printed in my memory. I've never right. forgotten. Yeah, up to you. Your, your story, Greg. Yeah, it said, it said uh, dear Greg, this is a very sensitive issue concerning your birth mother. She wishes to take make contact with you. Um, if you would like to progress with this, please ring um, Brian Cousin, and the phone number was there. Wow. So I showed it to mum, and mum read it, and um, I was freaking, mate. I, I felt so disrespectful. And well, even with that feeling, you did the right thing by communicating that with your parents straight away. You didn't keep that under your, under no, the, in the no, closet for years. No, no, I, I didn't. They look, you know, too, with me, with mum and dad, like they are beautiful people. And the way I always used to think, I never told anyone, this is the first time we ever said this, but, you know, I was already adopted and brought back. Yeah. You know, that's a, you know, I can't explain that. I mean, shit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I just, um, I, I, I just chucked it out there. Yep. So, and I'm just, it felt like, you know, when it felt like it was in slow motion and it really wasn't. And mum, being the beautiful person she is, just looked straight at me and she had the biggest grin on her face. She goes, oh, you know, they still fine now, mate. You know, like we've always wondered, you've always wondered who your mum was. Yeah. This, this might be really, really good. Yeah. And it threw me. I went, mum, I'm not going to do that. You're my mum and dad. I, like, and, and they were awesome. Like, no, no, no. Don't ever, ever, ever think that. We, 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 don't, we wouldn't do that. Look, and dad said, mate, I think if you don't do it, it'll drive you mad. Yeah. I think you need to, I think you need to know. Okay. And he said, look, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I'm not going to do anything because the way I read this letter, um, she can chase me. If she wants to find me, and if she does, if she, if she wants to really, really chuck up, which she has, she sent me this letter. I didn't chase her. Yeah. Um. So, all right, I will. I'll, I'll do it. Um, and it probably took um, – I rang Brian Cousins back at the jigsaw, <coughs> and he said, look, mate, <coughs> this, the letters and things and all that, it takes – they said, I've actually got her phone number. I've got your phone number. Would you like me to ring her? Um, and I'll ring her and I'll say to her, if you want to speak to him – I'll give him your number and he can ring you. Because remember back in the days they couldn't trace your number and it didn't yeah, pop yeah. up on the mobile. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt I felt a little bit safe with that because it yep. sort of gave me a, you know, if it went bad, I could hang up and, you know, that'd be it. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't, you know, it was a phone call. It, it, it looked, it, it was weird. Um, it wasn't what I expected it to be. Yep. Uh, it was very, 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 overwhelming for me and over the top because you know she was just it was just 
oh my god I've been looking for you you know I really need to it was like wow you know hang on a minute um you know so what you're telling me I've got and I had an older brother oh sorry I had a, a one brother one son she had had passed away the year before okay he was only he was only about 20 he was 26 actually oh right uh, and then I, I had another brother two years younger than me yep well these are all half uh, a half sister another half sister yep and then she she divorced and remarried and then had another sister to another husband another bloke so right. I think she had three three marriages in her lifetime um so anyway, that time I was in Victoria, and she was living in Browns Plains in Brisbane. Right. And it was about the end of November, if I remember rightly. And the next, to be honest with you, the next couple of months was almost getting too much for me because it was every day she'd right. bring me in. Uh, I didn't. I still felt a little bit weird. I had a photo of her. Yep. Um, and I'd sent some of me up there, and then she sent some back to me. So eventually I had photos of the sisters and the brothers and the whole lot. And she just said, look, I can't stand this anymore. Will you please come and have Christmas with us? Right. Oh, my God. Not just really? a little old meeting like Christmas. That's pretty Yeah, fun. not like let's have a let's have a coffee. It's like yeah. fly up here and stay for a week. Wow. God. And um That's the deep end. I was excited about it. Yeah. But I was thinking this it's a bit weird too, you know. Yeah. Well yeah. And I didn't know how I was supposed to act. How am I supposed to act? I I I just didn't know how I was supposed to act. Yeah. Like is she how do you treat your how do you treat your birth mother? Because she's just your birth mother. But she was coming on to me like she was my mother and she wanted me back. It was really Yeah. Um pretty yeah, full really on. full on. Yeah. Pretty full on. Um so anyway we made the decision that thought, okay, my daughter Basically, she would have been nearly about two by then. Yeah. And so we bought tickets and we flew up. And they picked us up. And I feel really, really, really bad saying this. I, I really do. Because I, I don't like to judge people and I don't like to put um, people in categories. And I certainly, mate, I'm a very plain bloke. Yep. I'm mid middle class. Uh, I'm certainly not. I certainly, I don't think I'm better than anybody. Yep. And sort of went there, and it, it freaked me out. You know, they they're all on the doll. Yep. Um, within ten minutes of being there, you know, I was out with the beers and chopping up, you know, lines of speed. Wow. On the kitchen table, like well, I, seriously. I, wow. I guess though that before you went. I'm assuming that you would have had the old adoption fantasy of your birth parents or your birth mother, at least, that she lives in some castle on a hill overlooking a vineyard with, you know, yeah. the life that you wanted. Um, to, be honest, to be honest with you, Mick, you might get a laugh out of this. Do you know how I used to want to be my mum? Who was that? Do you remember Doris Day? Yeah. <laughs> I wanted Doris Day to be my mum. Doesn't get much more wholesome than Doris Day. 
<laughs> that, that, that's who I thought my mum was like. Right. It would have been like that. Yep. You know, like, but yeah, just really corny, corny yeah, stuff. Yeah. But, you know, I, I grew up in the 60s. You know, that, that's what we watched. I Dream of Jenny and Bewitched. And, yeah. You know, it was all about spaceships and, and being at war when yeah. I was a kid. Yep. Um, but you so looked into really, the opposite end of that. I did. I did. And you know what, too? Look, don't, I'm not being a prude. Yep. I, I was a wild boy when I was a teenager and I went off the rails and I drank and I took drugs. Uh, you know, I snorted speed. I smoked pot. I, I, I fought. I, I realized, you know, at the time, by the time I was 17, I had decided very stupidly in my own head that, you know what? All these people that give me a hard time, I can punch them out. Right. And I did. And I did, made it work. Bang, bang, bang. Um, I had quite the reputation in town and it only took six months and nobody gave me a hard time anymore. Yeah, right. In fact, if, any, in fact, if anything, people started being nicer to me than they'd ever had before. So for a couple of years there, I thought that was the way to go. Oh, okay. Um, so don't get me wrong. I, I, it's not like I'd never seen that sort of thing before. But I certainly hadn't seen that a family involved in, you know, I used yeah. to do it with my mates and, you know, we're hanging out with a few bikies and, you know, we used to do that sort of stuff. Not, not at home, not with yeah. your mum, not with, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it did. It, it blew me out of the water. It really and, – and my life had changed a fair bit too a couple of years prior to that because I'd, I'd had my first daughter and I stopped drinking. Yep. Um, in fact, I, when my daughter was born, I looked at my wife that night. So I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm done, mate. I'm not. And I didn't actually have an alcoholic drink for ten years. Nice. I was, I was 37 before I had the first beer at some, you know, with one of my mates. It was just, I don't know. I just didn't want to do it. And they're all actually alcoholics too, which probably had a fair bit to do with that. Uh huh. Um, and really violent and. Really bizarre, and something that I thought was going to be awesome made me feel the worst I'd ever felt in my life. I, I just, I didn't know how to deal with it. And we were staying there. And Kim and I ended up in the bedroom, you know, with our baby, and I was, I'm apologizing to Kim. I'm like, yeah. my God, I, 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 and she's like, oh, geez. And it's like, I, I just want to go. I just, yeah. I just, I just want to leave. I, I, I can't do this. She's like, look, let's just, you know, we'll 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 we'll, we'll see it out, and until something really, really, really bad goes, we'll we'll just hang in there and see what happens. So, mm. buddy, God bless her, mate. I don't know why she put up with all that shit, but she did it for me. Yeah. Um. So we did, and you know what? It was it was strange and it was weird. And we had a couple of good days too. You know, we went to Dream World and Sea World and did all that yeah, yeah. sort of stuff. And yeah. Um. So. We did the Christmas day and the Boxing Day and the next day, and I was sitting out with all the sisters, and I said, "So, where's this? Uh, I won't mention his name, but where's, where's um? We'll call him. I'll call him Dick. Short for Dickhead. Right, who's Dick? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, look, um, and then the younger sister Heather, she was only about twelve. She piped up and said, "Oh, we're trying to keep him away from you." Right. And I thought, why would you do that? And it's like, oh, and, and it, 
went on and my sister Linda actually she said, I think we better go and have a chat. Right. Okay. So she took me into the garage and two stubbies were open and slammed on the door and down come the door and she sat me down. She said, look, he's, um, they're all frightened of him. They've had the ATV. He's, he's an absolute nutter, this guy. He's, um, he spent more time in jail than out. He, uh, you know the term, I guess, you, look, he was a hit man. Right. He did wow. a lot of nasty stuff, very nasty, nasty, nasty individual, beat his sisters up, broke my mother, his mother, the same mom. He put her in hospital for six weeks. He broke both of her legs wow. and broke her jaw with a baseball bat. Bloody hell. To his own mum. So th- this is the calibre of the guy uh, we're talking about. And I haven't met him yet. Yeah, right. So the next day he rocks up. Wow. And... uh First thing he did was, um, I think he punched me in the arm and um, opened his pocket and pulled out a, a fistful of other. At the time, they were LSD trips at the time. They were little. And he, yeah, get some of that into you. Uh, no yeah, thanks, right. I'll be right. I'll be quite fine, thank you. And um, he was that out of it and that belligerent. Um, I think my mother rallied in a few of his mates and stuff, and within an hour, he was gone. They, they actually bundled him up and took him off. Wow. And it was, I was, we shortened our holiday by two days. I yeah. made up an excuse that, you know, I had to go back to work and stuff. And so after all that, him and I basically got back on the plane and we flew home and we didn't hear anything for a few months. Yeah. And I think it was because of all the awkwardness up there. And I mean, nothing happened nasty. Yep. But it just, I guess we were very standoffish and they probably couldn't understand it. We, we didn't jump in and party and, you know, yeah, yeah. do what they were doing. So, yeah. oh, my God, and good old mum again. You know, I'm back with my adopted mum and she's giving me a hug and going, it's all right, lovey. doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what? At least you went and at least you know. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to continue on with this if you don't want to. Yeah. Um, there's no rules that says you have to, and if it doesn't make you comfortable, mate, I'm much, you know, we're here for it. Whatever decision you make, then that'll back you. We, we, we're here for you. Don't, don't ever forget that. And they've been awesome to me like that through my whole life. Even when I was being an arsehole and beating people up and getting locked up and stuff, they they still come and save me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um. So, him and I are sitting there on a Sunday afternoon, I remember it was. Uh, I was playing with my daughter, we were doing whatever, and next minute I knock at the door, and I go and open the door, and uh, here's Dick. What? With his whole family, his four kids, his wife. they got a beat-up old Commodore with this tandem trailer. They they look like the Beverly Hillbillies. They really, really did. They actually even had chooks in the trailer. No way. Yeah, yeah, just really out there. And oh my god, and here I am, bloody rah rah rah, and virtually moved in. It's like, oh my god. So, mum and dad, once again, the lovely people they are, they just rally. They just rally around, mate. They painted a house and filled it with furniture, fridge, you know, everything. Yep. Paid three months rent, and my dad got him a job. 
Wow. That's cool. And so what he goes, mate, it's your family and stuff. We gotta look after him, you know. So he needs work we we gotta get a house over and, and dad was like that, mate. He didn't see bad in anybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they say the only good only the good die young. He's only fifty eight when he died. Oh wow. Um, way too young. Yeah. Um and it's bloody it just was the worst thing we ever did, you know. I, I started I took him to work with me for a while and um it was just really strange and weird and awkward and um I can't even put it into words, it was that bizarre. Yep. And he became threatening towards me and he decided we were sitting there one day and he come round me. He'd been there for a couple of months. He'd come round to my house and straight in the back door and, you know, waltzing in and he goes, you know what, I'm done with this shit. Yeah, right. You're done with what, mate? He goes, this is not fair. This is not, not it's not going to happen. What's not going to happen? He goes, we'll have a look at you. You've got a house. You've got a beautiful cars. You've got it, you know, your kids, you're all set up, you got money in the bank, you go on holiday, you know. He goes, and I've got none of that. I've never had any of that. So guess what? As of today, I'm taking it all off you, mate. You're not having it either. Huh. And it's like, he did joke. And he wasn't joking. He, no way. It was not, a, it wasn't a joke. So there's some pretty harsh words said, and he went out and slammed the door, and, you know, it was pretty on and I probably, you know, I wouldn't have stood I don't remember exactly what was said, but but I would have been a smart ass factor, you know, I wouldn't yeah. have taken that. And so we go to bed and, and, and as I was saying before, this um this old house that Kim and I bought, I mean, they built you need a D seven bulldozer to get in one of those. You know, the, the solid front door on it was like unbelievable. Yep. So we're in bed and it was I remember it was eleven thirty at night. And um, next minute, my front door got knocked off its hinges. It got knocked flat. I, I am still to this day, um, and I've had a few blokes that have come and had a look, and the guy that fixed it even, and he goes, I cannot believe the power that this dude summoned to do that. That's it's freaky. It's, it's not right. Yeah, wow. So he knocked my bloody door off, and um, I don't know how or why, but I think it was like, I don't know whether there's a God or there's not a phone, but somebody was looking after me and I ended up getting pushed out of bed or I, I rolled out of bed or whatever. And uh, he comes sailing over the top of my wife and he buried a 20-inch blade butcher knife to the hilt in my bed where I was lying. Jesus. And he couldn't get it out. It got stuck. He couldn't wow. get it back out. And... um. And the lights were still off, and Kim had managed to turn uh, the bedside light on. And um, all of a sudden, I was a tennis ball, and he was the tennis racket, and he just belted me all over that place like I was a tennis ball. Wow. And I never experienced anything like that before. And as I say, at that time, you know, I'd, I'd had a fair few box arms. I, I knew what it was like to be in a fight. Yeah. Um, but I'd never been thrown around or manhandled or it was all the guy was um it was almost like he was possessed it was like demonic wow 
And we had a really big uh, hallway in the house, and he ended up, I think he got me out of the room and got me in the hallway and pretty much belted me all the way down the hallway. And we were doing um, extensions at the time. So at the end of the hallway was the new lounge room and all the new extensions. Yep. And I did, uh, we did the windows, those ones that go from the floor right to the ceiling. You know, it was just a big wall of, yeah. about 10 meter wall of windows. Yep. Um, in a split on the other side, there's a split level lounge room in the middle. Yep. And by the time we ended up in there, um, Kim had turned the light on. So we had light. Yep. And he was coming at me again, and I managed to get away from him. And between me and he, uh, we had a couple of the old um, Jason recliner chairs in the lounge. Yep. And it was one of those between he and me. And to the right of him was my two-year-old daughter's bedroom door. Well, there's such a noise and commotion going on. She's got out of bed. Oh, no. And all of a sudden, she's appeared in the lounge room watching all this, what's going on, and mm. Kim's screaming, and it was just, ah. Uh, uh, and I don't know whether he meant to do it or not, but he picked up the Jason McCliner and threw it like it was a plastic chair. He was that strong. Wow. And it hit my daughter and slammed her up against the wall and hit her head, and she fell on the ground and didn't move. Wow. And I thought he killed her. Like, it was the worst. I actually really, honest to God, I thought he'd, it killed my daughter. Yeah. Holy crap. And I can't explain the rest. You know, the, 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 it turned around. I mean, he become the tennis ball. Yeah. Um, and I give him quite a flogging, I think. And I, um, the worst part for me was I, um, I ended up on top of him and he was on the floor and I had his head down into the sunken lounge room over the ledge. Yeah. And remember, I was saying about the windows. Yeah, we didn't have any. We didn't have any curtains on them. And at night time, if you don't have curtains on your windows and you turn the light on inside, it turns into a big mirror. Yeah, just turns into a huge big mirror. So I looked up, and all I could see was myself on top of him, strangling him. And I was, I looked like a demon. Yeah, scared the shit out of myself, and I got off him and um. I won't lie, you know, his lips were blue. I, I don't think he was far off not, not being able to breathe again. And the neighbours had already called the cops and we had the cops in our house. We were a tiny little country town, you know. Yeah. Um, and they they also had a unit at the hospital for, um, they used to call it the Looney Bin, but, you know, like um, I remember Ballarat had one as well, you know, like the psychiatric yeah. place where people go. Well, they come and got him. Oh, shit. And that really, 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 really made Kim and I, that, that ruined our world. Our, our world, yeah. as we knew it, was, was now over, you know. Yeah. It, it was done. So, and how was your um, daughter? Oh, she was fine. It actually knocked her out. Right. Because um, when the Ambos turned up, it was, they were awesome. She was the first one that did it, but she was awake. Yeah. Um, um, by then, but you know, big bang and big bruise on a, you know, he, it, she got hit pretty hard. But, but I'll be honest with you, I don't think he meant to do that. He threw yeah, the yeah. chair, yeah, and the chair hit her. So I, I don't think he meant to do that. But geez, it, it certainly changed um, what was happening around. Mm. Did the one eighty? I bet. 
So, so the next day was very embarrassing for us because it was police. Um, you know, little country. There was only two hundred people lived in this little town. Yeah, right. Not even. Um, and everybody knows everything, and it was embarrassing, and a whole lot. And they come around, and um, that was when I first was um, introduced to his charge sheet. Right. Because as soon as the cops got him, and like. They come out and said, oh, my God, you know who this guy is. You know, have a look at this, 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 this. And, and I think there was something like 36 or 38 assault charges. There was GBHs. There was um, arson. You know, the guys that he's right into it. He didn't mind what he did. Yeah, right. Um, so I had a few days grace, and they said, look, don't worry about it. We've got him locked up. He can't go anywhere. He's going to be in there for at least 30 days so they can evaluate him. So right. <clears throat> have 30 days, you know. So, and at that stage, I'm still working in the bush. So I've got to leave work, you know, drive an hour so after the snowfields where I was working and mm-hmm. here in the bush on your chainsaw, away you go. And I can't tell you what that did to me um, thinking about what's going on at home while I'm an hour and a half away. I know, yeah. But I persevered with it and we had some really good friends that were looking after Kim and Casey and their next door neighbours knew what was happening. And so I had a fair sort of back up at home. I, I didn't feel that I was leaving Kim at home and that was it and I, and I knew he was locked up. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to go and get a good weekend at work and then I'm going to take a few days off and we'll work out what we're going to do. Yeah. Okay, great. We'll do that. Um, and at that stage, I just got a bag phone. Remember the bloody mobile phones in the bag? Yeah. <laughs> I just got one of those. That yeah, was a requirement right. for, for the job that I was doing because I was falling trees on my own. Right. I Modern technology. Yeah, yeah. Fat phone. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> So that made me feel a little bit more at ease as well. Yeah. So I think it was about three days, four days went past and everything was okay and it was starting to get back to a little bit normal. And then Kim rings me, hysterical. What's going on? Oh, the hospital's just rang me and they've told me to get out of the house because he broke out. He, he somehow got out of the joint and he stole the car. No in way. The car park. Yeah, man. So, shit, you know. <laughs> and at that time, I don't know if you're a bit of a car nut or not, but at, at that time, I was actually driving an XY GDHO ute. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty bombed. So, you know, we can get on the road and we can boogie and we can get home pretty quick. And I didn't care yep. what cop pulled me up because they wouldn't have anyway. I, didn't, yeah, I wasn't yeah. even worried about that. I think they would have known. Yeah, yeah, exactly what I was doing. So, I get on the road and hammer for home and I'm about 40 minutes into the drive, two thirds of the way home, I guess. And I get to the main intersection that comes off the big highway that heads out the road to the town where I live. And I'm sitting on, I don't know, 200 kilometers an hour. Yeah. And a car passes me. <gasps> Never guess who it was. No way. Dickhead in the stolen car, he pinched. He'd, Managed to pinch himself a pretty flash car, so 
He's going past you at 200. Yeah, I couldn't catch him. Wow. Gone. Gone. So, you know, I'm trying to ring Kim and there's no answer because she's already left home anyway and I'm not sure whether she has or not and just bloody awful. So I get to home, no one's there. No one's no one's there at all. No no Kim, no 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 daughter, no he's not there. Yeah. Shit, what's going on? And like I was saying, you know, that the neighbours were great, they'd kicked it and she was only, you know, half a K up the road at one of our neighbours' place. They were right. all in there and um, so we did. So the cops come around to my place, come and saw me and said, look, we're going to have to catch him. We don't know where he is. We don't know what he's got. But, geez, mate, you know, I don't think you should stay here. Mm. And it's like, yeah, 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 okay. And I think we'll go back to again. I think I told you, my, you know, we grew up in gun clubs. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I grew up around guns. You know, Dad had 100 guns. There was guns everywhere. We... So I had plenty of guns at home, or I had a few anyway. So I sort of figured, well, you know what? If you come back, it's on. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to do this. But anyway, it never happened. And well, that's good. It was about three, four days after that, he tried to break into a petrol station um, in another town, just not far up the road, and he got caught. Right. So they got old. They got old of him again, and. He ended up um, back in the slammer and, you know, it was just horrible. And, um, oh, that's right. And when they had him in there, when he went to fund up for that, he had pending charges in about four other states. Wow. Um, so the police said to me, we are going to load them all on top of each other so we can lock him up for a while. We, we and, and we had one of the police that was involved and it was a really, really good friend of my mum and dad. Right. Uh, and he was fairly high up too. So they, they did the right thing and trying to, you know, put him in jail for, you know, a couple of years, 12, anything, 12 months, just to, so we know where he is for a while so we can stop this mm. ridiculousness. Insanity. Um, yeah, yeah. So we sort of managed to do that. Um, I think he ended up copping a couple of years and I think he got uh, 12 months with good behaviour or something wow. like that. Um, and then the reality of what happened actually started to kick in. And I really, for the first time, felt the real uh, resentment and hate, hatefulness from my in-laws. Okay. Uh, um, I was feeling it also from family members on my side. Yep. And all of a sudden, you know, it was my fault. Right. Because... Yeah, you know, like my brother, the, the one that hated me, he pointed out to me on quite a few occasions, he said, well, if you didn't bloody, you know, weren't such an arsehole and bloody got in contact with her, um, this wouldn't have ever, ever happened. So, good wow. on you, mate. You know. Because that's logic. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, even when you know that's not true, it still hurts, though. Yeah, of course. It, it, still, it, it took its toll on me and, all of a sudden, you know, my brother-in-law is, you know, treating me differently and um, because, look, you know, let's face it, it upset their lives as well. You know, yeah. it, it it made them worry about things that they never have to. We, you know, we've got this, I, I brought a psychotic nutter, you know, into the, and introduced him to a all and, and just, I didn't know at the time, 
and I certainly wouldn't have done it if I had it. But, you know, people like to blame people, I guess, for some things. And at the end of the day, I just had to take that on board and go, you know what? You're bloody right. It is my fault. So I went a good 10 years where I didn't speak to anyone. I didn't speak to my adopted mum and dad anymore. I didn't speak to my adopted sisters anymore. Um, I made the decision that I have to leave. Yep. So I packed my full drive up. I bought a big tandem trailer and put as much stuff on it as I could have. Uh, put the two kids in it. Um, my baby, Jade, had only just been born. She was only... Kim was pregnant when all this was going on, nearly ready to have a baby. Um, so she'd been born by now. And she was only about... I'm going to say four months old. Yep. And I said to Kim, look, I um, I don't blame you if you don't want to come. I'm going to leave. I'm cutting ties with everybody. Um, I don't expect you to do that either. I don't expect you to cut ties with your mum and dad and come with me. And as much as it hurts me, um, I'm going to leave the kids here. With you, and um, I'm just going to go. She said, "Yeah, okay, some deal." So for the next couple of months, you know, was pretty much me just working and getting a trailer together and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff, and working out what I was going to take and what I wasn't going to take. And, and at that stage, I'd pretty much thought that you know what, I'm doing this on my own because I, I didn't expect, and I did not want for one. They can never blame Kim for not wanting to. I mean, you know, he loads yeah. this shit up and just drives off from us. And it was a real Wild West move. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as it got to the end of me coming closer to going, I'm not going to say that Kim and I separated, but I we weren't living together. I, I, I was living at a mate's place for a while and we just weren't, not that we weren't getting along, but this situation that, that we'd been through, I didn't know how to um, I didn't know how to progress from her. I didn't know what to say to her. I, I didn't know how to apologize to people. Yeah. Um, and that's thought, it's you know not what? something that happens to many people, I've gotta say though, Greg. So it's not like yeah, there's I guess, uh, I guess a handbook not. to get through that type of stuff. Uh, look, my best mate, Steve, the, the one that pretty much saved me when I was 11 years old, we, we're still best mates to this day. We speak to each other all the time. He still lives in Victoria. Um, and he, he keeps saying to me, mate, Netflix would buy this off you, mate, because you can't write this <laughs> yeah, crap. Yeah, absolutely. You can't make it up. Yeah. <laughs> so that's always been our inside joke. Um so I thought, look, you know, time to go. It came to within a few days of going, and, and Kim rang me. She said, please come home. I need to talk to you, which I did. Yep. And in her mind, she'd done a lot of soul searching. Where she said, you know what? I'm coming with you, and so are your kids. We're, we're a family. Yeah. It's not, we're not, you're not doing that. You're not, you're not going to leave and go on your own, and I'm staying here. And we're not doing that. And she looked me in the eye and she said to me, and you promised me 
you always told me if we have kids, <clears throat> that's it for life because I, I always said to her, I think a kid deserves a mum and a dad. Yep. And they don't ask to be here. They've got no choice in it. Mm. And, and, and that was the promise that I made. And she really, you know, was like, yeah, you know what, you're right. You can't go back on that promise. Can't go back on that one, no. Um, so we did. We loaded up. We jumped in the car. We drove out and pretty much nobody waved to us or gave us a send-and-off party or there was none of that. There was no see you later, best wishes or whatever, and, and we just headed off. And we don't know, I just pointed the car east, uh, west, sorry, got through Melbourne, you know, thought, <clears throat> shit, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? Bugger it. We're going to Kalgoorlie. I'll go to Kalgoorlie. So we did. And uh, we ended up spending 20 years in Kalgoorlie. I actually made quite a good life there. Um, yep. I spent a lot of time. Most of it was FIFO. Uh, so I did do a lot of living away, a lot of weeks away from the girls, but, you know, it was all the big plans for, for what we were going to do and everything was going along pretty good. Um, and I get a phone call. Hello? Yeah, it's, it's dickhead. Bloody hell. And he just starts abusing me and I'm going to... He always used to tell me, um, can you go to work? I'm not going to chase you. I'm not interested in you. But he always used to tell me that I'd come home um, and I'd find my wife and my girls nailed out on the doors like fox skin. Jesus. Got a gun and skin them. And, and you know, all this really, really bizarre shit. Yeah, yeah. And I used to think, oh, yeah, whatever. Huh? In a few days, you go to the past and you be on your own, you know, and you start thinking about it. And then you think about, you know, what this guy's really like and what he's been up to. And it's like, you know, he's capable of doing that. Yeah. That's pretty scary um, stuff. It is scary. And that's where the, you know, I've learned a lot about fear. Um, I think I could write a book about fear. I, I understand all the aspects of fear now. And um, it's a very, very powerful emotion. But it can only come from within. And it took me years and years and years to realize that. I mean, did you, did you know that? Did you realise that, Nick? You, you actually are the only person that can make you scared. Hmm. Because if you refuse to, it doesn't happen. If you don't, if you don't take somebody else's fear, it just, it doesn't grow. You have to, you have to, you have to take somebody's fear from them, plant it in your own mind and grow it internally from you that all the emotions you go through and the hyperventilating and all that. Yeah, right. You actually do that to yourself, I've, I've learned. Well, that's okay. my theory anyway. Yep, I can go with that. Yeah, so, you know, I've got to deal with this sort of stuff again. And every six months, you know, he'd, he'd do it. And um turns out he broke into my mum's house and um, went through her phone book, you know, to get my number. Wow. So he's pretty talented, you know. But we're talking... Um, you know, 30 years ago now when he was in his prime and, and I know from uh, over the years from the police and that have rang me and the ones that have, I've spoke to and, you know, that are actually with him and I've said, look, what does he look like? Is he fit? Is he, he was like, I don't think he's doing too well now. I think, you know, that that whole life of um, just full-on alcohol and 
the drugs and stuff that he used to take. I, I think it's really taken its toll on him now. Right. Um, and plus, you know, I'm not 30 anymore. I'm not 27. I don't have little babies that I have to protect. Yeah. Um, and, it, it, you know, you get in a different mindset, I suppose. So well, I, I hope he's got a little a, bit from that. Yeah, I was going to say, I hope he's found a different mindset in his older age. No, unfortunately, it's only been two years um, since I've actually spoken uh, to to the police about him. Yep. Um, and unfortunately, no, he hasn't. It's, um, wow. it's actually got worse of anything. He's, wow. Yeah. And look, you know, he's got mental issues. He's been, I think he was diagnosed at one stage as a, a psychopathic, schizophrenic psychopathic. Wow. The two main things that he's got going on with him. And, and we all know, you know, you have things like that and don't take your medication and take drugs and alcohol. It's not a good mix. No. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing, you know, his life, he, he wouldn't have had a great life. I, I, what, you know, he must have been pretty mad and pretty angry, you know, to put all that effort into, you know, wanting to bugger somebody else up. Yeah. And, you know, if the whole thing is, you know, my, my sisters, when, you know, it all sort of, it come to a really big head in Kalgoorlie and it was like, you know what, I'm done. That's it. Yeah. And there was no communication with anybody. You know, I spent nearly 12 years in Kalgoorlie and I didn't speak to my adopted mum and dad. Um, they didn't even actually know where I was. Yep. Um, my sisters, I didn't, didn't speak to anybody. Um, and then we, I got to the stage where I become a supervisor. So my, my whole, um, work ethic changed and my workload changed and um, I got more and more jobs and I went up the ladder quite successfully um, and what was it? Jeez, uh, I'm trying to think now. I was probably I'm going to say I'd have been probably coming up to my 50s. Yeah, I reckon I'd have been near yeah, 45, 50, somewhere around there. Um, and I got pulled into the office. It's like, okay, mate. And then I was started, it was the start of me being offered, um, you know, work in other countries. Right. Yep. So I, I had the first offer of um, a really big job, a, a pretty high paying job. And it was in China. Okay. Nice. Uh, and it's, my boss said, mate, I want to put you on a plane. Can we get you over there next week and get this started? And I went, well, uh, I don't have a passport. I went, what? So I don't have a passport, mate. Oh, that's no problem. Come with me. We'll do a bit of paperwork here. And he said, um, I can actually put that through quicker priority because we're a business. We can run that through in 24 hours. Come right. with me. So I did it all and put it back in and he, called me the next day and he goes, mate, what's going on? Like, what do you mean? And he said, well, they don't reckon you don't exist. Yeah, right. Are you, are you sure you're telling me everything? I said, uh, what was? He's like, you know, like, what's going on here? And he's like, no, I'll have to chase that up. So before I came to 
Kalgoorlie, when it all went down in Victoria, it was that bad. Um, we were whisked off to court the very next morning, Kim and myself. Yep. Um, just with the magistrate. It was with nobody else. It was just in the chambers with him. Um, he had the full police report there. The two of the police that were actually there when they arrested Dickhead, normally they come as well. Um, it took about two hours, and I, I walked out of there with a new name. Right. Like, dead set. I, yeah. Just, yeah, I didn't know what was going on, but two, yeah, two hours later, I walked out with a new name, and, you know, within a week, all the paperwork came, and I got a new license and all that sort of stuff, and we jumped in the car and went to Kalgoorlie. And away you went. And away we went, yeah. And what I didn't realise at the time, it was a really big hassle. Um, and I couldn't get, no one knew me. I, I ended up ringing first deaths and marriages in Melbourne and spent half an hour with this lady. And she's going through, you can hear her clicking on the computer. And she goes, and, and then in the end, she actually said to me, I am not here for people like you to gain a false identity. And she hung oh, up wow. on me. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah, I've got it. Jeez, what do I do now? So I'm going to say at that stage, it's been at least 12 years, you know, since I spoke to my um, birth mother. Right. Shit, what am I going to do? And about two years prior to that, this is a funny thing about working on my phone, mate. You can be – I was on Groot Island. Oh, Christmas okay. Island, Barrow Island, every, you, you can be in one. You can be in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and there'll be a hundred blokes rock up to do a job, and I'm guaranteed one of them's come from where you come from. It's yeah. just bizarre. They, can, oh, mate, I can vouch for that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I'm in a job. I was in. Uh, I was actually Christmas Island. I was in on the Christmas Island. I spe- I do jetties. So we we get to do you know big boat jetties, and we put new jetties in and. All sorts of stuff. That's okay. been the um, the job that I've been in. Cool. So, yeah, we uh, rock up, you know, and um, we're all working together, and all end up in the the wet mess, the pub, you know, at night, have a couple yep. of beers, like yep. you do, you work, mate. Yep. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from bloody. They're all from Tassie. All these guys. They were nice fellas. Yep. And we're having a chat about this and a chat about that. And the thing that I've always known is my, you know, because we met with I know her name. Oh, birth mother. Yeah. I know yeah. all their names. Yep. Anyway, they're talking about, anyway, I had a couple of nephews over there and they started, he dropped a couple of names and I went, who? Blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And anyway, after a little bit of talk, bugging me dead, he lives in the same town my mum lives in. Wow. He's in, uh, in Tasmania. Shit. So I knew that. I, I, had a, well, I had an inkling that, you know, that's where they were. It was probably a few days after that. I think I um, I was getting really frustrated because you know I had this job that the only thing that was holding me back was this passport. Yeah. So I went on I went on Google and I did the old uh, white pages, and I put her name in there, and blow me down, it came up. Yeah. Right. Oh. It's got the street and where she is, the town. Yeah, it's the town they said she was in. Blah blah blah. So I didn't even think about it. I dialed the number. It only rang about three times and she answered. Wow. And I was a bit I was a bit stunned. I can imagine. And I went and I went, 
Jimmy hello, and I went, oh, g'day. That's all I said. And then she started, oh, my God. It's not, tell me it's not, is that you? Is it Greg? Is that you? So she bloody well knew. Yeah, yeah. Went, uh, yeah, it is. And the big tears and the, you know, trying to apologise for what happened, you know, listen, name is Val. Listen, Val, I don't really want to go down that track anymore and, you know, what's in the past is what's in the past. This is my problem. I need a passport. Did you send me, you know, like, she goes, no. I have it. I have your original one here, wow. but I won't send. I won't send it to you. If you want it, you come and get it. Oh, really? Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, no, I'm in. I'm in WA. You know, Tasmania. Yeah. Shit. It's like the so, furthest um, part away. Yeah, yeah, but you know, like FIFO, you're pretty good. Mate, I've got a yeah. gold on my platinum card. You know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I flew over the next day. Next yep. morning, I jumped on a plane. And I flew over, and, and I um I didn't tell her. Um, I landed. I um got a hire car, and I I went and stayed in um motel for the night. Yeah. The next morning, I rang her. She's oh yeah yeah blah blah blah, and I said, look, I, I need to get that. Um, I really really need my birth certificate. I, I'd be so appreciative if. You know, I can have that. That's all, all I ask. Oh, yeah, that's that's fine. No worries. Um, but like I said, I'm not going to send it to you. If you want that, you have to come and get it. And I said, well, I'm here. Yeah, right. He said, what do you mean? And I said, I'm in town. I'm here. What's your address? So 10 minutes later, I was there. I pulled up her driveway. And, uh, and nothing had changed, Mick. You know, my whole impression of how they lived and, what they were, nothing had changed. Yeah. And, and I rock up there and I was only there for about half an hour and she actually, she did, she gave me the birth, my original birth certificate. I, I've actually, I got it. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, yeah, which is great. And I was very grateful for that. Um, and I'm just standing there looking at it and I, and I couldn't stand it anymore and I just made the excuse up. I had a bit of a migraine coming on and I was going to go back to and have a sleep and I'll call her a bit later. Yeah. Um, it was agreed upon, yeah, fine, that's no worries. And, and look, I, I went back to my motel room. I am not an emotional bloke. I'm not I'm not a real, you know, you get tears out of me. It's pretty hard. Yep. Um, and I lost it, mate, because I, I couldn't stand how she was living. It was just, it was just, she was living in absolute squalor and crap. Yeah, right. Filthy, filthy, you know, black and white TV, ripped it. it it's like the stuff, you know, that you, you put out on the verge when you have the, the stuff that you throw away. That's that's what she's living with. Wow. Um, and there was a grandma. There was a grandma that I met originally too who was awesome. And at this stage, she's now got um, dementia and she's in the old people's home. Yep. So it's not really good, you know. And, and I'm sitting in on thinking, shit, you know, I... I of all everything that's happened in that, you know, like at the end of the day, it's my mum, you know, she gave birth to me. It's not my mum, but she gave birth to me and, and I really, really don't like um, how she's living. So the next day, and I stayed for a few days and I went and got her and I took her out for lunch and we went for a drive and I met the 
couple of the other sisters again and blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't too bad. And I got sucked back into it, Mick. I'm, it just sucked me all back in again. It was like I'd forgotten all the crap we're going through. And I, and I used to often sit there and think, shit, did I do the right thing or, you know? Yep. Was I right not going away for 10 years or am I the asshole or, you know? And I battled with that and, I don't know, I just, I ended up falling in that same pattern. You know, I went yeah, home right. and she rang me and then I rang her back and then, you know, she's next minute she's wanting to talk to the girls and, you know, saying hello. And yep. Then um, I flew her over for a holiday. She came and stayed with us for a month, you know, and we we spoiled her and, you know, they, the girls took us shopping and did the makeover and the new clothes and the hair and the nails. And you know what girls do. And yeah, yeah. All that sort of, and, I, and I thought it was nice. It made me feel um, a little bit better too because it was nice to see her, um, you know, I don't want to say upper class. It's not upper class. I don't know what the word's for it, but she just looked better. She was well. She was healthy. Yeah. Um, and you know, I said to her, and I, and I went and visited my uh, grandma, and you know, she had dementia and didn't know who the bloody hell I was, but I I did it anyway, and yep. I just thought, you know what, at the end of they're getting to the end of their lives, and it's a lovely little town, and I said, look, um, I think I think I was given, I think it was a oh, look. Fifteen hundred dollars a month or something. I started putting in a um, bank account every every you know when when Kim did the pays for our boys. You know, she'd chuck five hundred or, or whatever in for her. I just yeah, I wanted her to have some more money than than the pension. I wanted her to be able to um, buy some decent dog feed for her dog and yep. go and get a cup of coffee and don't go without your medication and turn yeah, your bloody yeah. heater on and you yeah. know um and all was pretty sweet and. One of the sisters had three three nephews there. And they were pretty strapping young lads, and they were all getting into trouble. Uh, no work, uh, blah blah blah. So one by one, I brought them to Perth, and I got them job. I trained them up in what I do, and I got them jobs and sent them off FIFO. So they're all over here now. They've been here for geez, over seven, come up seven or eight years now. They've all been here now. Yeah, right. And and I sponsored them over. I gave them all. I don't like to talk money. I gave them a lot of money each to get yeah. them set up, and they yeah, were yeah. supposed to pay me back. But that, they all they, they they never did. They just you know they don't even talk to me. They don't speak to me. Um. So I guess you know the apple doesn't fall far from the tree there. And I'm not. Please don't think I'm I'm whinging about money that I spent. I'm not. That was that was my yeah. choice. It wasn't you know. So. I went back a few months later and I took my older, oldest daughter back with me to meet them. Because um, Casey at that stage, my daughter, she'd become FIFO with me. Right. Um, she took on she took on the, our spray painting profession and she'd become FIFO with me, which was awesome. So she was on pretty big money and, you know, we get a holiday and stuff. So we shot over there and had a bit of a holiday and met them and, uh, it was okay, but it was weird. Yeah. Um, and then they ended up one by one. All both this, I flew every one of them. I, I shouted them all the holiday to WA, and they all got, you know, like a month, and they got the full rottenness, and you know, we we did everything. It, mm-hmm. 
trying to do the the right thing and make everybody feel welcome and I guess I got carried away with it a bit too I suppose I whether I wasn't looking or I had blinders I don't know anyway so when I went back to Tassie I said to um, Casey I'd like to go and see grandma one more time she's got no idea who we are but I'd just like to go and see her one more time because she was 99 yeah right one more year to go you know yeah yeah so we went, and, and it was great. It was lovely. And when we were leaving, um, the time before I'd been there, I met the lady, I don't know what you call it, it's like the matron in the old hospital, the lady that run the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, lovely. And we were leaving, and she actually called out to me. And, oh, you know, and she was quite embarrassed. And, you know, can I speak to you? And absolutely, you can, of course. What's, what's, what's up? Oh, you, you're the grandson. Uh, yes, I am. I really hate to say this, but um, your grandma's in arrears. Um, you know, what, what are you talking about? Well, you know, she she hasn't been paying for her stay here. And I'd had this conversation with Val uh, before, and uh, her pension paid for it. You know, like yeah. she was all done, and she was a war bride as well. So okay. you know, the RSL thing yeah, and yeah. all that. So yep. she was looked after. Um, but Val had gone in there and done paperwork so that the um her check went to her, not to the nursing wow. home. So I panicked, and um, it was quite a few thousand dollars. So I paid that on the spot, and I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything to Val or anything to anybody. I just paid it, and we we come home. We come back to WA. Yeah. Uh. So it's only a few, probably in the next two months or so, I, I start getting phone calls and it's like, oh, oh gee, lovey, I, I, um, I need a bit of cash for, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I need a bit of, so they started asking for money. It wasn't, yeah, right. um, jeez. Yeah. Um, and I put two and two together because I'm not silly. Yep. And, she was dealing drugs. Yeah, right. My own mother was dealing drugs. She's putting all the money. She was buying whatever she was and bagging it up and doing whatever. So I went back and did a bit of an investigation, and I was told in no uncertain terms, and it was pretty much in my face. It's like, and, and I went in front of her. It's like, what are you doing? Ah, uh, and that was the worst thing I could ever have done because. She just turned into the most venom-spitting viper. Um, I've never had anybody speak to me the way she did um, and absolutely lost it. And I had all these things that had been adding up that I wanted to know that I hadn't asked or I did ask and I was lied to. And she was pretty shitty about it, you know? Like, yeah. Look, uh, um, we're adults and... I'm never, ever going to judge you for whatever reason it was. You know, you put me up for adoption. I'm not, you know, I've never been angry with you for that, never will be. Um, people make decisions sometimes. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're, they're right. Sometimes they're not. But, you know. And I said, what I really want to know is what really, really bugs me is 
when I met up with her, she told me my father. She gave me his name, yep, and his date date of birth, and told me that um, he, he was in national service and he was actually in Pakapanyal. Oh yeah, cool. Um, unbeknownst to her, but she didn't know. So my adopted side of the family, I'm the cousin. Um, it was that particular time he was a captain in the SAS. Right. And uh, he was over here at Swanbourne, Swanbourne um, at the time. And I was in Victoria. Um, and mum said, why don't you ring Greg? He'll... So I rang Greg and said, look, you know, he goes, oh, that's fantastic, mate. What's his name? What's his date of birth? I told him, and he said, look, I probably won't be able to find a single photo of him, but there will be a platoon photo. I'll yeah. get a photo of him. If, if he went to Puckapunyal, they ain't guaranteed, mate, I'll, I'll find him. Um, and a few days went past and he rang me back and he said, look, I've had two of my office girls chasing this up for two days. But there's no such person, mate. I'm sorry to tell you, but that guy doesn't exist. Yeah. So I, I, I didn't pursue it. I thought, well, you know what? She's obviously pretty embarrassed to make a story up like that. Yeah, yeah. She must have been pretty embarrassed about it, and I'm not going to push that. I'll I'd let that go. Yeah. So get back on to now, on to this uh, birth certificate. I know we're chopping chains around a bit, but so I've got this birth certificate, and I've flown home. Yep. <clears throat> I get home, and I read it, sitting there looking at it, and Kim goes, what's up? And I said, uh... This isn't adding up. She said, what? And I said, well, that's the year she was born. That's the year I was born. She told me she was 15 when she had me, but she was actually 19. Yeah, right. So we count up again. It's like, oh, yeah, right. So, And I, I'd known this for quite some time. Yeah. For, for quite a few years, I know. So I took the opportunity when I was speaking and I said, and why did you tell me you were 19 when you had me? Because I had a brother, she she had another son born. Not even a, I'm not even a year older than him. It was two two months after I was born, she was pregnant with him. Wow! Like oh, okay. And I didn't know how to. And, I, and I'd been carrying this round for quite a, even after meeting him because I didn't have any answers to this, and all her lies were starting to you know like fall to bits. Mm. So I said to her. Why did you tell me that? You can tell me the truth. I'm, I've never, ever been afraid of the truth, and I won't judge you for the truth because it is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And she goes, all right, I then, and in really nasty yelling and screaming, and she just said, sorry, viewers, if you're offended by this, but I, I want to tell you, say what she said. Her exact words were, you were just a fuck. I had up against the dance hall to get back at my father. I realized six weeks later I was pregnant with you. It took me six weeks to book into the, I think she said it was the Mordialic something, something was where the pregnant mums went. Yep. So she was there at three months and she said, and I'm telling you, you are nothing. Oh, she said, you're, the, you're just a shit stain that I left in the orphanage, mate. Wow. Now piss, now piss off. That was the, the last words that um, we ever spoke. And I think it was because I'd caught her out, you know, and had drug deals and, you know, the money. It was just, and I didn't mean to do that, Nick. I, yeah. That was not my intention to do it. I just want to know why. 
Um, and then that was it. That was the last time I ever spoke to her. And probably, I'm going to say, maybe two years went past. And it was only, it's as recent, I think it was about nine, nine coming up to ten months ago now, that I, I found out on Facebook that she actually passed away. Right. So she, she actually died. I didn't even know and nobody sort of bothered to, you know, let me know. And it was just something that I saw on uh, yep. Facebook yep. that a friend of mine sent me. And um, <clears throat> I actually did um, bite the bullet and I, I rang one of my nephews to, and he did confirm it that, um, yeah, she did. But, you know, it's just one of those things that it was, it's, it's been a pretty bizarre sort of up and down with it. Um, the, the best part about it now is I did reconnect with mum and dad again. Yep. Um, I, sadly, my father passed away a few years ago, but uh, my mum uh, now, uh, I can really, really um, proud to say and, and quite happy to say I, we, I've never, ever, we've, our relationship now is the best it's ever, ever been. Well, that's good. I have two absolutely fantastic our sisters that were both adopted, and I love them dearly. We we have always had a lot to do with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, still really, really close. Our, our kids are, are all close with each other too, which is nice. I don't have anything to do with my older brother, nor yep. do I have – I don't have anything to do with my younger brother. They're both natural children. Yep. Uh, we, we've got a bit of a smirk with my sisters. We call ourselves the mud blood. Okay. But you know what? Yeah. <laughs> But we all hang together, you know. It's, yeah. um, as far as I'm concerned, we are we are family. Of course. And it's like I was saying before, you know, it takes time for different people. Different. Some people can talk about stuff uh, pretty readily and, and easily, and I, I don't. It's, it's yeah. been a battle for me. Um, like I think I've said to you a few times now, and I honestly mean it, Nick, it's been your show that's made me um, – um, pick it up and have a go and um and and have a yak, and I'm really 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 grateful uh, to you for that. Uh, thank you. I um, um, really appreciate those words. And, oh no, I, I honestly mean it. I have two absolutely gorgeous daughters who are a tower of strength. Yep. My wife is I. She's a goddess, and I just want to. If people are out there, I, I think I've missed opportunities over the years with people that I could have talked to and chose not to. Yep. Uh, but for me, uh, I have it's, it's both my own business um, and we do have business partners and they've been in our lives. This couple's been in my life for about six years now. Um, and honestly... She is the nicest lady I've ever met. Like, I wish everybody could have a chat to her. Um, she's she doesn't even know. She has no idea um, how beneficial she's been to me. Just being there and having someone to talk to. She doesn't judge me. Yep. I don't think I don't think I've ever said anything that's actually shocked her yet. Yep. <laughs> and we've had some pretty in depth. Conversations, and uh, I'm not going to mention names, but she knows who she is. Yeah, yeah. And I love, and I love her dearly, and uh, and my best friend Steve. Like, um, yeah, I couldn't have done it without him. And I just want people to know that it's okay to 
myself. Like it, it, I had such a shame over this. I've lost a lot of shame, I think. Yeah, it's and there's no reason way. to be shameful about what's happened in our lives. The 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 backstory of of that too, because there's still a lot of questions regarding nature and nurture that are unanswered before we get in contact or they adopt the, those birth parents of us that contact us. There are all the questions oh, that we have, you know. What makes us absolutely, us? Absolutely. And just another little snippet that might bring a smile is I've been talking to my mum quite a bit over the last few days and especially because um, I told her I was going to have, you know, a chat to you. Yep. Um, she's awesome and she's opened up and I've actually found out a lot of things that I didn't know. Yep. And I grew up as a kid always thinking um, I was the odd one out and didn't fit in and didn't quite make it and wasn't quite up to scratch and, you know, and, I, and she was talking about it the other day, and I was asking around. She was telling me about the the process. That's the only reason it's fresh in my mind because I've, I've, I've discussed it with mum, and you know, she said, "Look, you know, this other woman had taken you back, and it didn't work out." And you know, and I said, "But were you worried about I was going to be some like bloody devil demon child, or you know?" No, the dad and I walked in there, and she said, "And I picked you up." Yep. And they let they left the room and they left you there with me and Dad for an hour, and she said, and within forty minutes, I was totally, totally in love with you, <sighs> and we decided to take you home. And she said, and the worst bit was, you used to have to wait thirty days. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, she had to wait ninety. Oh. Because because I'd already they'd already started the paperwork of. Um, uh, ward of the state, and I'd already been adopted fully before and brought back, and they oh. didn't have any paperwork. They didn't have any paperwork. There was no forms for that. No one. I don't think anyone had ever done that before. But geez, I'm interested if there's any of your listeners out there that that's happened to. I, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, it absolutely. Has. I'd like to know that because, as far as I know, I, well, I, I'm the only one that I've ever heard that story from. Anyway, it just doesn't. You know, it's not. I don't think that would be very common. No. Um, I don't know whether many people were would have a, you know, like the dickhead that I had to um, deal with. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's not to that extreme. But I used to get sick of watching all these shows on the telly, mate. They just end up like a fairy tale, and it's like, my God, mine wasn't anything but a fairy tale, and yeah. I think there's a lot that weren't. I just think it's just not. It needs to be put out there and sold. It. I, I definitely benefit by listening to other people's stories. I yeah, and that's something that I've learnt as well. And I think what I've found in talking to a lot of different people is that most of the people that are happy to come on and talk about their stories generally have a positive outcome and they want to share the positive with everybody, yeah. which is absolutely, yeah. you know, I, I dip my lid and, and I'm really happy for for them for that positive outcome. And there's a few negative stories. I've talked to a few people that haven't had at all roses um, where it yeah. hasn't worked out 
and yeah, um, and that's that's life. That's what happens. Um, it, it is. It is. I, I've learned to accept that too, uh, especially in the last few years. It's like um, you have no control over that. Yeah. Um, and for me, I, I guess we do it to ourselves a fair bit, but I, I put a lot of that pressure on myself, I think, and I, I yeah. actually accepted, I think I accepted the blame. You, you feel like it's your fault, a lot of the stuff. and It's totally out um, of your control. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the ridiculous things that um, sort of happened and I did trying to gain, I don't know, there's acceptance or... Um, where you had to cut the line, you know. Yeah. Like as a kid, if I went anywhere, the, the gun clubs were a classic example, uh, especially the Christmas shoot. Um, you know, Santa turns up, there's lollies, there's toys, there's a, mm-hmm. you know, present for a kid. Well, most of the time I didn't get one because um, I'd stand back until everybody else got one. And if there was one left over, I, I'd, I'd get it, you know. And yeah. I, I sort of did that with a lot of stuff with my life. I've always stood back and never... Um, never took my piece, I think, because I never thought that I deserved it, I guess. And, you know, I hear a lot of people who were like that and they don't end up getting what they want. And the people that get what they want are the ones that go out and get it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, And um, there's another thing that, that I believe in, truly, I think I was about 35 in, in the in the pure middle of all this stuff that was going on. Yep. Um, and I made the decision, it's like, you know what? This is really shit, and I don't like this. I didn't ask for any of this. I don't want it, so I'm going to change it, and I did. I, I, I ended up going off on my own. We, we made our own way with, yep. you know, we, we're doing okay. I, I've got... I've got nothing to whinge about. I mean, I'm, I'm in a really happy place now. I've got yep. gorgeous Excellent. kids. I've got a beautiful five-year-old grandson and a seven-year, uh, seven-week-old granddaughter. Beautiful. So there's nothing you can do to shit my day up at the moment, mate. You know, I'm, I'm just absolutely in love, and it, and it's so nice. Um, and I guess it's what a lot of um. Adopted people do. I mean, this is the start of my own tree now. Yeah. Um, and you know what? And people have to respect that. I, yeah. I demand respect like everybody else does now. I never used to. Yep. Um, but I think it's okay. Adopted people need to realise that. Absolutely. You do deserve respect. Absolutely. Respect. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I think that rounds it off really nicely. Um, it's been eye-opening talking with you tonight, today, Greg. Um, oh, thanks for the opportunity. No, it's been, um, yeah, a real pleasure talking with you and um, I think a lot of people that hear your story will be able to give themselves a bit of perspective um, because we all have that unique story. And yeah, absolutely. Everything's relatable too, I believe, in that... My story is completely different to yours, um, but it's not, but there's there's a lot that relates to it's a lot of the emotions and the feelings yeah, and the absolutely and um, the, you know like the the one that made me like what is you know like 
your cousin falls off the ute. Yeah. Uh, so it's your brother. You you deal with it. It's yeah. like I've only known this guy. Yes. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and I guess if you're not adopted, you're never going to know that. You're never, yeah. ever going to experience that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which is quite bizarre. But, um, yeah, look, I, 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 I think I'm, you're probably sticking me here and me saying it, mate, but, um, you know, please continue this on. Um, if you ever wanted me to come back and have a yak none of the time, I'd be quite happy to do that too. Oh, but thank you. I, I, I just hope that you really can. And anything that I can do to support you or, um, you know, help you continue on, please don't hesitate to ask. No, thank you very much, Greg. And I think um, your story is very, very inspirational in that a lot of people can hear the the harrowing events that have taken place throughout your life, mm. but you haven't let that get you down. You haven't no, let that defeat no. you. You've no. you've gone and stood on your own two feet and made your life a success. And the success doesn't mean financial success. It means, no, you know, no. the relationships that you've got around you are solid, the loving family that you've got and built around you um, oh, yeah. is a real credit. Oh, it is, and thank you for that. And and you know what, it it really, really um, does sum up the fact that the best, best, best things in life, money cannot buy. Yeah, I I honestly believe that the really, really, really important things that have to come from uh, other people wanting to love you and and respect you. If you know that that money can't buy that. Absolutely, there, there's no money. It's you know. Not even in the same class, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but no. we all measure things differently. But I'm hearing you. I'm 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 agreeing with you 100. It's um, you know, it's a good round off. Absolutely. Sure. No, and thank you very very much for coming on the show. And I know on behalf of uh, the audience, we all wish you all the very very best for the future and for your family as well. Great. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's lovely to talk to you and um. I'd like to keep in touch with you too as, as we progress. You know, it's, it's um, a very, very, very good thing that you're doing. Thank you very much. Uh, and you're yeah, welcome. My line's always open. You're welcome. Cheers. Th- thanks, Mick. All right. Talk Cheers, to you Greg. soon, mate. Will do. Bye. See ya. That was Greg. Uh, and his story is a bit of a mind blowing story that uh, has harrowing events all the way through it but he has endured he has built himself a life that is uh, inspirational to a lot of us um, because we all have our harrowing moments and we all have self-doubt and we all wonder why certain things happen but uh, I hope you are as inspired as I am in helping Greg tell his story Um, and until next week it's bye for now
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.